Hello and welcome to Right Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Shoot, why do you want to work here? Uh, why do I? Uh, because I uh, uh, bring a lot of um, uh, positive energy to the workforce, and I think that I can. I'm a team player, um, and uh, Namaste. Oh, I thought you were doing a. You've charmed me. Oh, <laughs> you've got the job. I make a decision. I think of it. I make it. A little <laughs> bit of impro for you there to start off episode number thirty of Right Act, and it was good because um, you join us in. Uh, usually we do this in my kitchen, don't we, Renfrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, yeah. And uh, we're not doing it in our kitchen. In my kitchen, though. we're doing it in our studio. Stroke my spare room. <laughs> stroke what I hoped would become my office. <laughs> But I don't Doesn't think, look like that's going to happen that's, anymore. Don't think that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> and we're on YouTube. Hello, if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, uh, I would say go over to our YouTube channel and look at what's going on here. Do we have a YouTube channel, Ben? Ben? Not yet. Not yet. No, we don't. But so, we will do soon. Well, this has been recorded for future use on YouTube in my bloody spare room. Ooh. Stroke office. So... No one's going to be sleeping on the spare bed, which I've got folded up behind me <laughs> anytime soon. You're not welcome in my There's house. Plenty of uh, plenty of room in your bedroom, isn't there? There's enough room in my bedroom. For, <laughs> not for you, though. Uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. Ben's here, actually. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben, You're for welcome. Musicism. What so that's, that's Ben from Musicism, who sorted us out with all this stuff. That and you from can Tosca. See. He drums from in Tosca, Tosca mate. Yeah, that's less relevant to what true. I was going to talk about. No, true, true, true. His drumming in Tosca is not going to help uh, you become a better musician, is it? Uh, just going to make you jealous that you're not as good as him. I suppose so. Unless you go to musicism.com. Hey, there it is. Oh, what a link. Dot, yeah. God, that was good. It's .net as well. <laughs> it is .net. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very uh, good. But anyway, close enough. Uh, musicism.net, yeah, go down there and um, the likes of Ben and others, A and others, <laughs> will be there to, to help you out if you want to become a better singer, a better guitarist, a better music producer, or a better drummer, Ben. Not yet. No? Okay. Don't worry one day. Still waiting on the old drum courses. Lazy. Uh, but uh, you can get uh, you can get 25% off the um, the monthly fee of nine ninety nine if you put in the word RIOT in capital letters in the checkout. And that sounds good to me. That's insane. So yeah, go and do that. All right, on this week's show, Renfrey, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Dream Theatre... Ooh. The specials and minors. Very, very good. What an eclectic week. That's very eclectic, If anything yeah. sums up the eclectic nature of this podcast, I think this week does a bloody good job of doing yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very, very good. Well yeah. done. Well so done. We, Thanks, yeah. Ben. Well done. That's not Ben. That's us. We're, we've decided no, I, to do that. Ben, ben is leaving uh, uh, the the abode, the Riot Act studio, and yeah. therefore I was saying thanks, ben. All right. Yeah, thanks. See you later, Ben. Bye, guys. See you, mate. Bye, mate. Um, one thing I would like to, um, oh, he's doing some cheeky fiddling camera, with, uh, fiddling, he just can't stop himself from fiddling with all his equipment, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see you, mate. Um, I'm all up for Brighton just to be insulted. <laughs> I'm not insulting him, I just, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's my favourite member of the Right Act team. So, um... Yes, uh, I've completely forgotten to tell you before we started recording that okay. we have a massive exclusive announcement to make oh. about Portals Festival. Oh, right. We, we talked about this like earlier in the week. I just completely forgot to... Yeah, we might have done. <laughs> Steve just I don't remember this. completely blank. Yeah. Uh, but go on. If, that's good. I was actually going to say we got Writer's Review 
for the patrons as well. So let me do that while you're getting the Okay, you do that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. thanks. Um, Professional. This week, we are about to record a writer's review for patrons uh, on the Mars Volta, Francis the Mute, and that's going to be going up very soon. Um, we uh, have done a whole bunch of these. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash podcast, and we've done Oasis, Manic Street Preachers, Hawkeyes, Nick Cave, uh, Typo Negative, um, Frank Turner... And um, that weird dude, Bono, Boniver. Yeah. <laughs> that Bonover. weird dude. Yeah, well, his name's weird. Justin, mate. Yeah, Justin, Justin from Boniver. Tell Bonover. you what, I was listening to a lot of Boniver over the weekend mm-hmm. in uh, in a van where you might not expect Boniver to be listened to. Right. But it turns out Condra are a bunch of pussies. Okay, fair enough. Well, anyway, um, and we, you know, we uh, we're going to be having that. So go over to our Patreon page, and what we do basically is if you give us a the minimum of a pound a month. We let you pick an album, and uh, we then go and dissect that record in our own inimitable style. <laughs> and, and you get style. it, and you get it, you get it good and early because we do put it up for free for freeloaders eventually, eventually, eventually. But you're way behind. They're on uh, freeloaders are on number three, yeah. And the patrons, by the time they get this, will be on seven. Yeah. So there you go. That's four. That's four. Four Ed. Fucking hell. Good. (laughs) Just for a quid. I would do that. Go on, let's talk about Portals then. So Portals is um, a fantastic uh, festival run by people I know. Mm. Um, Some might call them friends. Um, It's kind of a portal, portal, a festival that um, looks at experimental rock and so on and so forth. They had their first year last year at the Dome and Boston Music Rooms. They're yeah. doing the same again, but this time they've got Aces and Eights across the road as well, so they've got three stages right. Good, do a good pizza in there. They do a fucking great pizza in there. No one and can deny you, that. No one can deny that. And if you go, I strongly recommend, A, you have the pizza, and B, well, you just go and listen to some crazy, experimental, crazy rock music. Okay, well, let's um, get this out of the way then. So, okay, so we have an exclusive. I'm not sure if you even know I this I don't, then. no, I don't. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I want you to get on with it, so I, I, I want to know. We can exclusively announce that the headliner for that festival is going to be yours and mine favourite, Icelandic boys, Agent Fresco. Oh, cool. Mm-mm, which Sweet. is huge for them. That is amazing, amazing booking. That's great. They've also got, um, there's some new names in here and some old names in here, but they've also got Three Trap Tigers, the Samuel Jackson Five, who are uh-huh. performing their first UK show ever, Fall of Messiah, Codes in the Clouds, The Guru Guru, Telepathy, Nios, Luo, Polymath, Halo Tora, Waking Ida, um, Death and the Penguin, Kusanagi, Hyperfora, Fez, Atotoso, Redwood, Land Wars, A.A. Williams, Salt oh, nice. Snail, Tyne, Theo, and Hexcut. Plus there's 10 more artists to be announced. Uh-huh. And I know who those artists are, and some of them are very Riot Act friendly. Oh, that's good. Hello, Bonjour. Bonjour's just interrupted my we, announcement. See, it, we're on YouTube now, if we do start putting stuff on YouTube. We can't escape Bonjour. We can normally, like, what's funny is Bonjour, what's funny is bonjour will put her ass in your face at inopportune in moments all I the know. time and you've done very well at getting used to kind of ignoring that but now I'm so used to can... us in my face to be honest <laughs> yes you are <laughs> got a lot of mirrors in your house <laughs> um, <laughs> that was good it was good yeah and uh, uh, but now people can see how she's mugging you off which I'm yeah, yeah, delighted yeah. about here she comes yeah, she pisses, yeah, she just she pisses me off something rotten. <laughs> anyway, anyway I, I should say um, yeah. that it's... Uh, oh, I've just put the thing away because Bonjour's distracted me. It's on the 
8th and 9th of June at the Dome Boston Music Rooms in London. Sorry for being so London-centric. Um, but it's worth travelling for. It's like worth travelling for, sort of yeah, thing, fuck yeah. Um, super early bird tickets are already sold out. They were 25 quid for that two-day lineup, which is fucking ridiculous. But there are still early bird tickets. Super early bird, early bird. Maybe there's bird tickets. What does no a super idea. early bird catch? It just... Because uh, if the early bird catches the worm, what does a super early bird catch? Like a python? Yeah, I was going to say like an anaconda <laughs> or something, probably. Good for him. Um... The early bird tickets are 35 quid, which is still a fucking bargain for that lineup. Mm. I would wager you'd probably pay 35 quid just to see Agent Fresco and Three Trap Tigers, who are the two headliners mm. uh, at their own show. So that's fucking amazing. Yeah. There's some brilliant bands on that. We might go into that a little bit further down the line because right. there's going to be a lot of bands who people don't know. Mm. Um, but they're all fucking great. Okay, so. good. Um, you went to Complexity Fest, Renfrey. Oh, yes, I did. Now... I got a message from Brady from Conjure, who's going to be on the show next week. Brady's on the show F- next week. FYI. The biggest Brady's- cunt in the music industry <laughs> on this show. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brady's going to be on the show next week. And he sent me a message, apropos of nothing, saying that you'd taken, and I quote, all the drugs. Whoa. Complexity vest. This is on record. What are you doing? Well. I I, I put them all up my bum. Um... <laughs> I uh, you told me that, that is not true. By the way, I have I to mean, say that like, straight away. All were... the drugs is definitely yeah, not true I because you've been silly. Wasn't there it? are many. Well, this is why he's the biggest cunt in the industry, isn't he? <laughs> he just he's just full of lies and and um horrible says horrible horrible things. Um, I may have uh indulged in a few uh, um psychedelic properties which when are, in rome <laughs> yeah which are, are legal in the netherlands and not so much in the uk mm. via the form of a space cake and it might have frazzled me which is mm. going to be interesting for reviewing the festival because there are whole moments that i don't remember very well well let's just nip through it really quickly <laughs> and we'll come back to this so who did you give us a quick rundown of who was good so i saw seven um bands that i think are worth mentioning do you know mm-hmm. this band um 22 yeah um they are man it's a quite a difficult way to describe them, really. I guess they're kind of... I first heard about them through Andrew from uh, Arcane Roots. He told me about them. He was said they were absolutely amazing. They are a very interesting band in that they're very mathy, um, but quite poppy at the same time. I'd say it's almost like a cross between... This is going to put a lot of people off, but like Arcane Roots and Muse, almost. Right. Um, but very flamboyant, very, for lack of a better word, European. Yeah. I have to say, I was stood there for the half an hour. For the half an hour, and I was like, I can't quite decide if I like this or not. But I was super impressed with it. Um, they have some flamboyant things which I'm not too into. They all were kind of wearing matching costumes and stuff, and they all took them off at the same time. And I was yeah. like, God, this is a little bit boy band. Um, but it was cool. They, they, I don't know anyone else who's quite doing what they're doing. Bit of Arcane Roots, Muse, and a bit of Fresco, actually. Even I would say okay. as well. Very interesting. I didn't know they were quite that melodic I yeah they are they are more crazy than that they don't do they definitely fit the complexity mold into they are very technical i mean i don't think they have a single tune in four four well they probably do but it all seemed very kind of mathy and yeah. all that sort of stuff um but um yeah if you like any of those bands they're, they're certainly worth checking out i don't think that quite of the quality of either of those bands yet but yeah they were very very interesting i don't think they played the uk either so it was a cool opportunity to see them okay uh, who did I see next? Oh, I saw Mole next, who just, as always, were fantastic. Um, 
I mean, you know, I love that record so much. It's mm. my favourite debut of last year. Yeah. Um, they played. It was it was a similar set to what I've seen them play before, but they did play two. I think two new songs, two songs I didn't recognise, basically. Right. Uh, one called Atakama and one called Rush. Um, I have no idea if they're covers or new songs or what, but they just sounded really good. So as usual, Kim was getting face up into the crowd and stuff. And it was just, they just sounded sublime, basically. Still not seen them. Whoa! I know. Oh, mate, you definitely should. Still not seen them. You definitely should see them. Well, I know they that. are so good live. I, I want. I mean, obviously, I want to see them. But you just, really liked the record, didn't you? I really like the record. Yeah, yeah, I do like the record a lot. Yeah, it's good. I think. Um, I think. I think they're incredibly powerful on record, but I think obviously, you know, there's more power behind it live. Mm. Um, it's more dynamic. They're just yeah, wonderful, wonderful band. I love them so much. Um, then I went to see Conjurer. I uh, Conjurer were amazing really they were like so they were playing the bigger room and um i just stood at the bigger room i would say the room is uh i think it's 950 capacity Mm -hmm. it's quite a big black box it's quite a big stage as well i reckon it must be the biggest stage i've seen them on because even when i've seen them at festivals like art tangent stuff they played tents so it just just felt really really massive Mm. and it was a bit like well i wonder wonder how they're gonna do with this because you know they are pricks um and they were just phenomenal like netherlands crowds don't tend to go all that crazy um there was a thing last year with employed to serve trying to do a wall of death and no one did the wall of death because they didn't really know what it was (laughs) (laughs) i mean the pit compared to you know a conjure pit in the uk probably wasn't that crazy but the fact that people were actually going crazy like there was a pit was is actually quite a big deal i'd say um and they just sounded tight as hell and just stupidly heavy just disgustingly heavy and yeah just being reminded of how good that record is got a lot of grief from them for uh us putting palm reader above their album because uh, Andy Gillen from Palm Reader was driving us so lots of grief in the van from those boys it um, upsets me to say how great they were but as usual they were fucking incredible they are really good they are brilliant it's They're annoying really it's annoying um, but they <laughs> they were was one of the best times I've seen them wow um, okay. they will be coming back later in the year I imagine as well I imagine with anyone with someone who knows? With someone. Uh, I mean, I there's you know I've only spent forty eight hours in a van with them. There's no way that I would know who that would be. Go on. Yeah. Right. I, I'm I'm going to support them. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do their tunes on an acoustic guitar better. Yeah. And go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they sound anyway. Um, next band I saw was the Physics House Band, and I think by this point uh, my digestion my digestive system was. Uh, uh, digesting as it well. should, <laughs> oh, as it should do. And I, the the Physics House Band are a perfect band for such such um, cakey qualities. And I was uh, sort of up against the back window, just reveling in this amazing kind of Mars Volta esque instrumental funk, and just basically had my face against the window, going, "Oh my god, this is amazing." 
Uh, it was very good. Not very professional of me, mm-hmm. but it was very good. <laughs> Got to let your so, hair down now again, haven't you? So, take from time to time. Fine. I'm, this is going to be good for my um, my reputation, isn't it? Physics House Band are just <laughs> wonderful live. I right. love that band so much. Do you know much Physics House Band? I don't know any of them at all. Oh, mate. They are so... I mean, instrumental Mars Volta is a very lazy way to describe it, but the thing is, is there's so much going on with them that mm. a description of what they're do, doing would take me about half an hour, so I won't. But yeah. but but if instrumental Mars Volta sounds cool to you, you have to check them out. They are yeah. phenomenal. Okay. Um, their last album, Mercury Fountain, is a fucking masterpiece. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Brightonians, Brighton based. Um, so much amazing music coming out of there, but quite different to the other complexity bands in that I wouldn't call physics a heavy band as such, certainly not in the vein of Conjurer or Mole. Mm. They're not a metal band in any no, way, shape okay. or form, but fucking amazing, mind bending, incredible soundscapes. Um, quite good on space cakes. So I've heard. <laughs> wouldn't From be yourself. Tell you. <laughs> mm. Um, then who did I see? I think it was the Ocean next. Um, oh the yeah, Ocean. They're were, good live. Fuck me, they're good live. Yeah. So what were you going to say? You were about. Well, to I was going to say because that last album, I was like, yeah, about it. I really liked it. I thought, I thought, I thought you were a bit more positive than that. I, I think, I've not really gone back to it, so I've kind of forgotten about. it. It's one of the ones that I've sort of forgotten about. Yeah, I did quite like it, actually. Yeah, you're right. I've just not gone... I've not felt the urge to go back to it that much. I will confess I haven't really gone back to it, but that, to me, that feels more down to just the sheer amount of music that is coming out. Yeah. You know? Always the way, um, it? Always the fucking way. Always the fucking way. You wait till next week. Oh, oh, it's ridiculous. So much. So difficult being a music journalist. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I, I actually really like that record, and they were fantastic just in this sort of green mired fog i believe there was a green fog there i'm not sure maybe i was hallucinating by this point but anyway um, they were absolutely brilliant i remember very little um <laughs> from their set apart from the fact that i really enjoyed it good yeah that's all you need to say <laughs> and it was green did i mention it was green yeah, you did yeah it was green it was very good good um then like rob zombie Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to say the ocean are like Rob Zombie is so oh, inaccurate. Um, but Green. no, it's really, really good. I feel like that album has... Um, I think they they were coasting for a little while, The Ocean. Mm. Um, and I think that album has really given them a kick up the behind. Mm. I want to um, kick what you just did. Everybody can see what your finger is now. I want to kick, mate. <laughs> um I was going to see Shining, but then um, I saw the cover for Animal and uh, had a seizure and decided I couldn't. No, don't watch that. Fuck. <laughs> but um, they had a good time. They said it was the best show they've ever played in their life. So maybe I should have seen that. But they also oh, well. said their new album's not rubbish. So. Yeah, uh, I did see Zealandada, however. And, oh yeah. Oh, just as always, yeah. that band they just continue to get brilliant. Mm. <laughs> that's a word yeah. um god they were so good um similar to the ballroom you know the the electric ballroom show oh has this been announced i believe it has the electric ballroom show is being released as a cd yes is it it's a cd well? <laughs> on tape <laughs> and digitally and on, and on vinyl <laughs> uh, <laughs> released on oh. cd 
just say released. That's being released. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to, okay, Probably what, is being released on CD, to be fair. I hesitated released. because I was going to say CD and DVD, and then I realised I couldn't remember if it was being released on DVD or not. Anyway, it will be released in some form, and that will be exciting to hear, because I didn't realise, despite going to the ballroom show, that they actually played every single song of their back catalogue at the ballroom. Oh, man. I didn't go to the yeah. show. It was good. It was so good. Um, this was similar. Uh, they didn't play every song, but they had a good 75 minutes and it was just fantastic. You know, songs like Servants and Ray mm. Row. The new stuff is the highlight for the most part. I still think Devil Is Fine is fucking outrageous, but yeah, it is all about the new tunes. Um, and yeah, the, I, said, yeah. I mentioned this last time again, but um, the, the, the one on um, the first album that sounds a little bit like Dragon Force when it starts, Children's Summon, is it called? Yeah. Um, fucking amazing. Mm. Incredible. And, and great headliner as well. Even though they're not, it was a bit of a weird one because obviously the festival's called Complexity and the idea is lots of technical, intricate music and stuff. I wouldn't say Zillanada are technical particularly. Um, they're, they're complex though. Sure. Sure. There we go. That's On a that's, very literal form. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. A complex musical entity. Well, I was going to, I was going to say on paper, it might not seem like an obvious headliner, but it, it just wasn't an issue I, yeah. at all. I, I didn't think. And by that point I was kind of like, oh, it'd be quite nice to have something a bit less. Yeah. But then after Zealanada, uh, I saw the, this, this, the first time ever that I saw the armed live. Right. Okay. Go on. Oh, 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 lots of flashing lights. Lots of shouting. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a man. Do you remember the album cover of uh, Only Love? There's He's a man. Got like a sort of smoking a cigarette. And was that the first one? No, the that's like smoking. A f- uh, f- that's the first one. The second one is um, uh, a lady behind a bar, and then there's a uh, man dressed in like a bush. Dressed like a bush. I don't know how else to describe I can't it. Can't picture it. it uh, well, there's a man dressed like a bush, and they had a man or a woman. I don't know the sex, I do apologise. A man or a woman dressed as a bush mm. running around. Wow. <laughs> I don't... Why? I, at this point, I was like, oh, this space cake really hitting me. <laughs> but it was just... It was just absolute mayhem from start to finish. Yeah. Um, lead singer is big. He's like six foot seven. Um, Fucking hell. I mean, um, I might be making that up, but he's fucking tall, mm. uh, like a brick shit house. And they also had um, a woman came out. I wouldn't be surprised if you're making all of this up. <laughs> lead, the lead singer's made of honey and he's 19 foot and his voice was shaped like brick. <laughs> what? Um, they had a, 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 a woman yeah. come out. <laughs> come out in like a cat suit yeah. and she was doing like the the female vocals uh-huh. and stuff and that was bizarre it was a very trippy ending to what turned out to be quite a trippy experience for me all told um i'm gonna go on youtube and there's gonna be footage of this gig and it's just gonna be four blokes in t-shirts <laughs> looking at the floor playing well with one light over them i'm going <laughs> <laughs> none of that happened Renfrew. none of it i'm going to see them again this time next week so uh we see won't we yeah we'll see but that's what i got from the experience right. and it was fucking great yeah i don't recall anything 
about like the music they played and stuff because I was so awed by the spectacle. Although that that, that album is fucking is brilliant. It's fucking banging, yeah, and they did really play good. loads from it. Yeah, the um, last two have been amazing. Really, yeah. really good. It was in my top twenty of the year. It was. If you yeah, recall. great band. So I absolutely, you know, I've been dying to see them. I believe this is the first time they've been in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think it's their first ever European show. I think. Right. Wow. So um, yeah, I, I just thought they were absolutely incredible. Good. Um, well, I'm glad you had a good time. It was good. Uh, yeah. Ian Mackay wags, wags his finger <laughs> at you in a sort of dis, disproving manner. But well done. I'm re- I mean, I'm really glad that that became the focus of the review. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Thanks, I mean, Brady. <laughs> Brady will be on next week. You can bring up the time that he yeah, did yeah i mean what i like you know those those like they're barely even a band <laughs> unbelievable scenes some of the stuff that i saw behind the scenes mm-hmm. those people really nasty nasty people good well we'll, <laughs> we'll talk more about that next <laughs> week we will yeah <laughs> uh let's do the trade-off which trade-off. is something that we do every week um oh, so- you're doing things in a mega weird order what no you're not it's all right what's wrong with you <laughs> We literally, absolute thirty episodes have been really done. Really funny. Thirty episodes have been done in this exact order. I've got a. I, I have to. I've got this awful. Right. I said briefly before we started. You got a toothache. I, I have a terrible toothache, and it is. I am struggling to even be in the room right now because okay. all I'm thinking constantly is my tooth, my tooth, my tooth. My kingdom hurts. for a tooth. My kingdom. Uh, <laughs> We should, uh, do you know what I'm thinking? And I'm going to say this right now. I was thinking maybe we should move the trade off to the end of the show because it feels like a, more of a better thing. Just putting it out there. Tweet us if you think that, that we should do. If you have any interest in the running order of the show. <laughs> I'm not sure why you would. But for now, this is what we're <laughs> going to do, like normal. Uh, Renfrey, last week you gave me this is the third album of a band called A Debussy Shank by A Debussy Shank. Yes. A few, people have, a few people have. Um, called me up on the uh pronunciation of the band name uh-huh. i believe i mean i can't you know if they're going to be called such an insane name i'm not gonna well try the shank's to. right the shank is definitely right you definitely got that right i believe it's a de she no 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 i think it's a debussy a debussy shank yeah a debussy a debussy shank Right. I just say it. Oh fast. yeah, it is. Yeah, a Debussy shank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Oof. anyway, it, whatever it is, um, it's bloody weird, isn't it? Really it's weird. What a weird fucking re- mental. What a weird record. I wasn't quite sure. I, so I didn't know who this band were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew nothing about them at all. They're a three piece. Yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah. Is it a fucking octopus? <laughs> yeah. And that thing Ganesh with the eight armed elephant is it in his band? <laughs> Just insulted an entire religion, probably, but yeah. How is that insulting? What's saying? That, that's what he's called. Is it Ganesh? Ganesha. Ganesh. Ganesha. Right, right. The elephant with the arms. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's what about, you mean. It's a, it's a joke <clears throat> about arms, about multiple arms. It is not a joke about religious dogma. Do you know what I mean? And I know that people like to just get offended for no fucking reason these days, oh, but surely. It's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. surely just mentioning something in conjunction with the amount of arms it's got, when it has got that amount of arms, I don't think that is 
insulting the actual it's not real for god's sake it's fucking it's not even real i mean that is insulting, That's insulting yeah, yeah but it's not um anyway lots of names ganesha yeah go on ganapati mm. uh vinyaka uh, I vinyaka mean, i mean i'm pronunciation likely wrong it's not a... uh pilia <laughs> with the question mark at the end <laughs> Bini- that, I feel like we, we are it's not really relevant out. to the music yeah, of I the Debussy Shank sorry. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah but basically they make an insane amount of noise and not just the amount of noise they make the many many different weird things that are happening throughout seemingly from it's like Mr. Scruff gone 8-bit psychedelic math core vomit inducing nightmare this record wow that's a good description yeah that's good that's the headline right there thank you um i don't i cannot tell you having listened to it three times i think i got halfway through the fourth time and i just went no no it's not ever going to be enough to actually let this like get it get it i i don't know if i like it i have no fucking idea yeah uh, at some point i was like ha 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 this is really cool and at other points i was like oh god it just sounds like an alarm going off i can't cope <laughs> it genuinely doesn't sound like anything else though really does it's it? really weird I, th- no and that's i think it does actually there's a band there's a this whole um the kind of dark wave uh huh? synth wave all yeah. these bands like carpenter brute and uh perturbator there's one of them and their name escapes me at the moment but it's a french guy and he has done this kind of <clears throat> weird really really weird kind of tech metal version of synth wave and I've, he's called like l c r um detonator or something like that. I, can't, I genuinely can't remember the name of the guy but i reviewed it for metal hammer and i was just like this is that taken to absurd levels and it reminded me of that a bit um i wish i could remember the name of the guy i'll tweet it at some point this week sorry but it it's just basically it's it's very very antagonistic music and it feel i feel like they were laughing at me it's interesting you say it's antagonistic because it's very joyful as well it is but it just feels like they're kind of like going ah uh," like you sort of go you won't get this "Ah, like i get that from a lot of this music like while they're making it they're like imagine someone actually listening to this we're gonna make people actually have to sit there and try and work this out so um well they basically um i mean they are quite a um I would say they're an important band rather than a big band in Mm. the, what is it? Let's say math rock scene. Yeah. Uh, But broad, that's a broad, you know. It is, isn't it? Um, But in terms of, I mean, they had a massive, when And So I Watched From Afar uh, formed, for example, uh, like initially all they wanted to do was uh, rip off a Debussy shank, I've been told in the past by members of And So I Watched From Afar. Mm -hmm. So um, I can hear that a bit. Yes. um, And So I Watched You were never (laughs) as as intense, like not even intense, but mad Mm. as uh, a Debussy shank. But um, yeah, you can see where that comes yeah. from, and I think they it's like asked... that mixed with something like Fall of Troy. You know, like yes. Fall of Troy. When you listen to that, you go, "You're just going out of your way to annoy me, aren't you?" <laughs> Not annoy me, but like you are sort of like you're, <clears throat> they're, they're prodding people. You know, I just think it's quite, although it is joyful, it's kind of playfully prod, prodding yeah. people. Yeah, um, I fucking love Fall of Troy, but yes, I see what you mean. Um, that sort of sense of like you never know quite where it's going to go Mm. and even if they give you a hook 
they'll play it for 20 seconds and then never return to it yeah. kind of thing. It's that kind of, which might sound really annoying to some people, yeah. but you know, some people like that sort of thing. And I do, I quite like it. Mm. I I rarely listen to a Debussy Shank because you really do have to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I do, I just fucking love them. I think they're amazing. So yeah, um, you're not sure if you liked it or not. I'm not sure. I kind of, I admired it. I kind of admired it and at some points I felt like I was getting on board with it mm-hmm. and then I just would go, oh, I need to stop. This. It's And it's not even that long. I was going to say it's too long, but it's not too long. It's only like, what, 40 minutes, 35 minutes, something like that. It's not that About long that, a record. Yeah. It's not but it's, like, but it's you think so... these albums are going to be like an hour long and they're going to be really, mm. like some of the songs are only, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes, two and a half minutes long. It's not all really, really long. But they've got a thing where they can make two minutes feel like an hour. Well, I think they kind of, I don't know if this came from a Debussy Shank. I know, I know that, and so I watch you definitely wanted to do this, but they sort of wanted to mix um, post rock with punk ethics of getting in there and getting out, kind of. Yeah, thing. and it's a cool, it's a you know bands that can do it, and there are a few. Mm. It is cool, and I kind of like that about it. I like the. It's weird to go. It's too long, but I like the brevity of it. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting choice, but it, it never feels brief to me. It feels like you're like being pounded I, I i agree and i think the reason for that is because there are so many ideas in it it's kind of mm. like those um it's similar not sonically necessarily but it's similar to those to like a dillinger record or something yeah. like that in that uh most dillinger records aren't that long but they kind of feel sort of long because yeah. there's a lot a lot of stuff yeah. yeah 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 and so. it's hard work i mean it's probably it's very intense all the way through it's kind of yeah. very intense it's, i mean you know if someone put you in a washing machine and turn the washing machine on and then push the washing machine down some stairs, that would probably only take 30 seconds, but it would be the longest fucking 30 seconds of your life, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, like, it would, it would feel like a long time. And I think that's what this is. It's like being pushed down the stairs in a washing machine. Yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with that, annoyingly. Mm. Um, but, you know, with very colourful detergent. Yeah. It's a very colourful record. Yeah. But you wanted to get in it. I mean, you got in the washing No one said, get in that washing machine. Yeah. You went, shall I get in the washing machine? It's that, like, provided you knew you weren't going to die, it sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Sort of. Anyway, it certainly sounds more fun than the, what I gave you, uh, oh. which is I gave you The Bravery by The Bravery. So, oh, by the way, that is um, this is the third album by a band called Adebisi Shank by Adebisi Shank. So I gave you the self-titled album by The Bravery mm. from 2005 um, that came out in the midst of uh, the release of Hot Fuzz by The Killers, which... Um, Comes up a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, and I think... Um, I've said a whole bunch of times that uh, the indie bands of the mid noughties um, and the, the the sort of the way that they dominated kind of alternative and guitar music and even pop music um, is uh, is the worst period in the history of music. Mm. I mean, Post Malone. Why, is, why post, would you say that? Post Malone is made well because. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to okay. why I think that. I mean, I think Post Malone and his mates are, are actually giving them a right old fucking run for their money at the moment. But um, uh, yeah, I, I hate the Kaiser Chiefs and I hate The View and I hate... Um, the Vines. The Vines. Th- yeah, I mean, actually, The Vines feel quite good compared to The Kooks or Snow mm-hmm. Patrol or The Wombats or something. Do you know what I mean? Or all of those mm-hmm. absolutely... The Fratellis and all those hellish bands. But I always maintained that in amongst all the shit, there was actually like 
a couple of really good bands. I thought the first couple of Arctic Monkeys albums are really good. We've spoken mm-hmm. about how much we like the Arcade Fire mm-hmm. um, on this podcast. I would uh, say the first Block Party album. Block Party are really, really good. Yeah, um, Interpol, I yep. think, had their moments. Um, and uh, Art Brute, I quite, I, I quite liked as well. And Did you ever like Hot Hot Heat? Yeah, I didn't mind Hot Hot Heat. Yeah, I even quite, quite like the first Kill. I actually quite like the first Killers album. Oh, it's Hot Fuzz um, the second. No, that is the first one. Oh, is that the first one? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's a surprise. Yeah, I think it's good that, that record. I mean, I can't ever. I don't ever need to listen to it ever again. But yeah. I don't. But I actually quite liked it. Um, so yeah, there were a few of those bands that I thought were all right. And the Bravery, I bought this record, and I thought the Bravery are one of the bands that are kind of all right. And that, listening back to this record, just goes to show how shit that time was. Because <laughs> this record's rubbish. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the big song was an honest mistake. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was some level of Stockholm nostalgia. Mm. Um, you liked that when it came on, didn't you? You sang along to that. You went, don't look at me. You air bass. You did the little air bass. You did, didn't you? You loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. Like, I, see, I, I'm the same. I put that on and I'm like, oh, yeah, an honest mistake. Yeah, There's see, something infectious about that chorus mm. and it's annoying. It's anno- I, can, I can feel it coming. And I'm like, I'm going to resist it. I'm not going to resist. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 it's annoying that I like it, but I, I, I'm pissed Joy off. Division for Lily Allen fans, isn't it? I was going to say New Order, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like the big song. So if you, you know, you can, if you listen to that, you'll probably know it. Mm. Um, but it's just sort of devoid of ideas after that, really. Or, or it just repeats the same old ideas over and over again. This album's only 37 minutes. Yeah. But I was willing it to end, like really willing it to end, like 20 minutes in. It mm. feels very long it does feel very minutes. long it does i was i kind of gave it to you thinking this will be a, a, like an example of not the best but not the worst of that scene and i think it's not it's definitely not the worst and it's certainly not the best but it's very poor like yeah. i remember thinking you know there's a song like i remember thinking fearless was quite good so fearless but actually i listened to that i thought it was shite mm. there's a song called swollen summer which i thought was really good yes. at the time and i listened back to it and now it just sounds like kind of my Chemical Romance being covered by Busted. It's, <laughs> it's crap. It's a crap album. That made that last song, uh, the summer song, what was it called? Swollen Summer. Swollen Summer. It's I like think... a swollen summer. <laughs> it's got this fucking awful Hammond organ on it. Like. I think, yeah, that was the one that was on, it was on a lot of video game soundtracks and stuff like that. So it got kind of a second wind through that. Um, I think I, I had a... a, a I had a girlfriend once. No. <laughs> had a girlfriend at the time. Won't have it, um, I was dating someone around this time who we used to not argue about music, but she used to kind of love a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hated it. And I mm-hmm. couldn't like put my finger on why I hated it at the time. And she would always say stuff like, well, at least there's, you know, it might not be like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and, you know, the stuff that you like from the early 90s or whatever. But at least it's guitar music in I'm the so charts. I'm so glad you said this. I'm so glad you said this. And um, 
it, at the time when I was dating her, I couldn't figure out why that was worse. But it is, it's worse than, for me, than boy bands being in the charts, for example, because guitar taking a guitar, something that I love, and doing this with it hurts me more yeah. than a style of music that I'm just never going to be interested in anyway. Do you want to know why? Why? Do you want to know why, know it's, why it's worse and why this whole scene is worse? I'd like your opinion. Well, I tell you what, I watched, um, and I think I mentioned it before. There's uh, a, a there's something. It's on Sky. I think you can get it on um, Sky Arts, or it's on CNN. I think it's a CNN produced thing, and they have been doing. There's a series, and it's decades, right? You've so it's like this before. Yeah, it sounded it's very like, good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. And so I've watched all the '90s ones. It's like eleven episodes, twelve episodes, each focusing on some point of something in the '90s. The music one's amazing. I come to the noughties one, the two thousands, mm. and the music. Um, uh, episode was really really interesting because it started off as I said with Napster and Metallica down and you know and the fact that kind of the arse end of new metal and then I guess kind of the bit of pop punk and then like you know like boy bands growing up and yeah. Timberland and all that kind of thing happening and uh, it talks a lot about Missy Elliott and Justin Timberlake going solo and Eminem and it was really cool really really cool and it sort of teased that it said it started off the you know the decade that started off with male hip hop artists being these big massive megastars and you know rock stars still being the big thing and it ended the decade with Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and the like being and female pop stars and Rihanna being the biggest things mm, in yeah. music right now fast forward on another 10 years from from that where we are now where rock music is in terms of a mainstream, like I'm going to the, I'm going to the Brits tomorrow night. Oh, not to see Vane. Oh no, that's just around the corner from my house. I'm going to see the Brits. So I'm going to the Brits tomorrow, right? Yeah. There is nobody guitar based playing. I went last year and the Foo Fighters did one song and Liam Gallagher did one song. Right. Apart from that, no contemporary rock bands. We've spoken about idols being literally the only kind of alternative rock band nominated mm. 1975 and nominated they're relevant to us but they're much more of a pop band really i think yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. there is nothing playing the brits that is even vaguely relevant to what we would speak about on this alternative show. music nothing nothing even approaching being close i don't think i mean no nothing literally nothing i'm trying to think who's playing it's little mix calvin harris um george ezra George Ezra. George Ezra. Um, and a load of other twats, a rag and bone man. Like, literally nothing of any relevance to what we cover on the show at all. Mm. So I'm not going to come in next week and be talking about the Brits, by the way. Oh. Um, no, fuck that. But these bands um, facilitated all that music taking over, rock, um, rock music being taken over, because they were the big bands. And they were fucking terrible. And this documentary basically went, oh, all these bands came out, and it did mention sort of quite good ones like Arcade Fire, that you know we mentioned mm -hmm. before, and the White Stripes as well, and the Strokes, who mm -hmm. were good bands, like good, mm -hmm. good bands. But it said, what did they do with rock music? Nothing. What did they actually do with it? What did they do with guitar music? They didn't do anything with it. Like they didn't actually. Well, White Stripes was very much um, taking. Uh taking stuff from the 30s and, yeah. and, and redoing it in a brilliant way. Yeah. But the Strokes were taking... This New York in the 70s? New York in the 70s. Uh, and, and they're the best. And the thing is, like, let's be clear, like, there's no point... 
yeah, the white stripes are really good and they got massive. Yeah. The strokes were really good and, and they got massive. And everyone said, oh, isn't it great that the hives and stuff are this and, you know, and it's like proper rock and rolls back. It's a pale version of something that had already happened before. Yeah. And I think that's when people just went, let's full stop that because it's done in it. If this is the best that you have to push at us, it's done. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, and, and I cannot blame people for not getting excited about guitar music at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> it would have been different if Mastodon and um, Ruben were the kind of thing or... Um, oh, what a brilliant world that would have or, been. Or, you know what I mean? If I'm, I'm trying to think of other things from, from around that period that were really great. Or, you know, well, even, even like even Billy. Yeah, but I mean, 100 Reasons fucked up themselves way. by releasing only not being able to follow up their mm. own their one good album. Billy, even Billy Talent got mm. quite big, but were never, not like those bands. I think like Billy Talent would be a, a good band. I mean, I'm not, I'm, again, can you really compare them to Nirvana or to whoever? No. Like, not really, no. can you? And And it was just. Uh, yeah, those those bands and bands like The Bravery, they fucked it. They've completely fucked it for rock music. I they think- are to, they are solely to blame. The Kooks, the Wombats, the fucking Fratellis, the bloody Scouting for Girls, Snow Patrol, mm. all those lame, shitty, shit, shit ends. Those boring little sappy toss wankers and their boring sappy music that they used to play on the fucking Friday Night Project with Justin Lee Collins and Alan Carr. I've fucked it for rock music. Cheers, lads. I appreciate it. And the bravery, you're to blame as well. And now no one even gives a shit who you are. They were doing a... I, I, Googled, I Googled them. I went on their Wikipedia page and had a little look at them, right? And th- this is why I was like... They supported Green Day. They supported they? Incubus. Yeah. I was oh. like, oh, God. No wonder I fucking hate them. <laughs> and and um, they, they announced... A, two, three years ago, they announced a London residency playing... Um, the the Hoxton kitchen. Oh, Hoxton bar as well. <laughs> like, we did a week there. Do you remember when fucking the Pixies came back and they did five nights at Brixton <laughs> Academy? The Bravery came back and did five nights at Hoxton the, kitchen, which yeah. holds about three hundred people. It's about three hundred and fifty. Pathetic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you were supposed to be the fu- <laughs> and they were one of these. But oh, they're the future of rock music. So they fuck. They've all fucked it for everyone. I think that's a really interesting theory. Um, and it doesn't. It certainly doesn't help when. I mean, I got a few reviews from the time. Mm. Um, Uncut gave this album full marks. I think they do stuff oh, out of up. five right. or ten. Um, and uh, they said this album just really is too good to be true. Oh. Uh, Q magazine said. I mean, there, there was a lot of comparisons to the Killers. Basically. Of course, because it's just um, like it sounds like the Killers. It does a lot. I don't think... It's not as good as The Killers. I and mean, that is mental. <laughs> yeah. I don't think... Um... Not as good as Razor Light in some points. <laughs> I don't think you could accuse... I don't think you could actually accuse the bravery of ripping off Hot Fuzz because there were only about nine months in between the two. Mm. Um, what I would say is... Yes, and this sounds like the sort of thing that has been worked on for a really long time, is not it? <laughs> Not just no, rushed, but to, not just rushed out to be part of the zeitgeist. But for for what I what well I I suspect that what happened, Hot Fuzz became a big thing, and then um, record companies were just trying to sign any band that sounded vaguely like the Killers. Yeah. So I imagine that's what would have happened. Um, but the comparisons to the Killers were just relentless. Mm. But a lot of a lot of magazines still loved it. I mean, Q magazine said if the Killers hadn't got there first with Hot Fuzz, the Bravery's debut would have been revolutionary. Instead, 
It is merely a brilliant pop record. Dickheads. <laughs> um, Dot Music was my favourite, just because they, they I, I think they actually summed it up really well. Uh, they summed up not just this album, but a large portion of that kind of new wave of millennial like yeah the millennial new mm. wave movement shall we say uh it's old school now well imagine that it's old now people yeah. go like oh remember jet old school that's the, that's, the, that's the problem with calling things new yeah. all the time remember the zootons oh i love a bit of old school rock <laughs> fuck off fuck, uh, fuck off <laughs> They said, if you've heard one song by The Bravery, you've pretty much heard them all. The keyboard settings may change, as do the guitar effect pedals, but there's a formula at work here, and how much you get out of this record depends entirely how interesting you find that formula. Mm. How interesting do you find that formula, Steve? I find, you know, I mean, I'm a Duran Duran, so I'm (laughs) all right. It's about as interesting as a digestive biscuit, I would say. Mm. And not Um, even one with dark chocolate on it. We, <laughs> the shittest one, the one my mum gets. We dark chocolate. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. There's no chocolate on this record. Um, we played a little bit of this album in the van because uh, we were bored out of our minds when uh, traveling to. But that went down well. Traveling to the Netherlands. Uh, well, it was requested by the band that it was put on, uh, and a member of the band who will go unnamed, or a member of the person of the people in the van. Oh. It was Andy. It was Andy. <laughs> yeah. Said um, that they sounded like a bargain basement version of the Killers. So well, that's what everyone go. thinks. That's because yeah. what that's what they were. So, exactly th- they so were, you know, yeah. we so basically, don't blame hip hop and all that for fucking killing rock music. It was these cunts who did it. I think that's a very interesting theory. I've never yeah. ever considered that. But yeah, but I'll tell you what's interesting about it is is that I think what we've all dealt post Malone and all his mates, or, or they're like extension and takeshi 69 or whatever he's called all these chaps all the like um all the sort of face tattoos and the silly teeth and they're all like mumbling to themselves that's so bad that in 10 years that'll have gone away as well because it's rubbish yeah sort of like the brave i think i've said it a lot of times before that you know that like old post malone is to hip-hop what snow patrol are to to indie music if public enemy are the, the Smiths, then Post Malone is, you know, Razor Light. Well, check. Back. Not even is not even as good as Razor Light. So it, I just that is a nasty so thing I just to think say. either music <clears throat> won't be a thing anymore. Either we just get rid of it completely, or something <laughs> something good has <laughs> got to come along. You know, know. you mentioning Razor Light is just. He's a wanker, wasn't he? Reminded me how much I hate that band. I think I would rather have this toothache than listen to Ray's Johnny Ray Burrell. Compared himself to compared himself to Dylan, uh, Bob Dylan, to John Lennon, um, to Bono. Compared himself to, what a terror! It's an awful time. Do you know what I, I watched a really brilliant documentary about Live Aid yeah. recently, and I was like, oh yeah, Live Aid. Right? What a you know? You go. I know all them people. Like you remember all those people. Yeah. Like, even the sort of shitty ones, you kind of go, well, he had a couple... Like, Nick Kershaw had a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. Ultravox had a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, br- you know, but then you think of Queen, they got U2, you mm-hmm. got The Who, you got, like, Paul McCartney, you got, like, Bowie, Elton John, all that kind of stuff. Status quo. Um, Judas Priest played it. Loads of, like, bands that were massive, massive, massive. <laughs> Look at the lineup for Live 8. Oh. Which happened in two thousand and five, which has happened twenty years later. It's like, it, it, it's like 
Gilfest. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's like the second stage of Gilfest now. It's got the Scissor Sisters and who I don't didn't mind her first time. The Scissor Sisters and Razorlight and Keen and Snow Patrol God, and, <laughs> and the Kaiser Chiefs. And you're like, you couldn't play halfway up the second stage at Reading now. No. It's fucking hideous. It's unbelievable. And you go, well, yeah, well done. You fucked it. You all fucked it by being, and we, the media fucked it by by comparing them people. Like Matt Matt Stocks, who's obviously he's coming on the show and is a good friend of mine. He says now he's like the thing is if something all right and quite good breaks through into the mainstream now, because it's been so long since something really, really genuinely, genuinely brilliant has been out that people treat it like it's brilliant mm. just because it's good in comparison to everything else. What's come before, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, there is kind of an element of, of truth to that. I just feel like, and I don't mean just for music, really. I mean, like, I feel like, po- like, God, this is depressing, but I feel like popular culture has has peaked. Oh, steady on. Sorry. Well, Not for games, though. Like, go on PlayStation. No, they, they are still good. <laughs> Shall we just but become a gaming else, podcast? Yeah, do that instead, isn't it? I like yeah, that. They, they seem like reasonable people, don't they? <laughs> Gamers. Uh, fuck me, I thought I had enough shit last week. <laughs> <laughs> for just not hating women enough. You had any like, more shit for... Not for, really, no. Yeah, no, not really, yeah. Oh, well. Um, um, anyway, next week, Renfrey, that's the bravery. Well, I'll tell you what, news just in, Brady mm. is on the show next week. I uh, asked him on Facebook Instant Messenger. It might be a... Some oh, yeah, we got Brady on. So yeah, Brady's Brady got, on. So he's given us something. Um. So, we yeah, we should give him something, but he has given us... Oh, no, hold on. Oh, he wants to do a three-way. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Come on, get on with it. So he wants to give you Dead Frequency. Uh, that's the band name. Mm-hmm. And the album EP, I'm not sure, is called Desire for Fire. Like the Machine Head song? Like the Machine Head song. The rap one, isn't it? Maybe they sound like Machine Head. Who knows? Maybe they do. And then I have uh, <laughs> The Church of Rock and Roll by Foxy Shazam. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, we better think of something to give him as well, but we can do that. Well, uh, I'm giving you both the same thing. What? But that's a, that's not a three way then. Oh well, I, we can't talk about six albums. No, be, no, because you you're just, so now you just give something to Brady. I think. Oh well, I really wanted to give you what I was going to give you this week. Well, you can give it to me the week after. Oh, I hey. want to do it. Want to do it now? Oh, fuck, fuck. Does know, Brady like post rock? No idea. Okay, well, there's no. This is ridiculous. He likes Carly Rae Jepsen. Well, he's not having that, is he? Off me. No. Um, and now I've got to think of one. Can I just give you what I was going to give you anyway? All right, then you I've go got ahead. Two, Let me think. Then Let I've me... got two records to listen to. You have anyway. <laughs> God, I didn't realise we'd have a fight on the podcast <laughs> on our thirtieth episode. This is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, all right. What? Okay. What do you want to give him then? Uh, I don't know. I'll think of something. <laughs> You've got to do it now, haven't you? <laughs> do I have to do it now? Of course you do. This is, this is the show. We're doing okay. the show now. When have you ever not had to come up with something? Well, I don't know if he's going to have heard it or not. Well, this is pointless, isn't it? We shouldn't have even entertained it. I'll tell you what. You give... We'll, Brady's giving us two, right? Yeah. We will give Brady... Or Brady has to listen to what we're giving each other. Okay. He doesn't get special treatment. Sorry, okay. mate. Sorry, okay. you don't. 
Okay. We should have sort of thought of this before. All I right. didn't realise. I'll let Brady know that you had a breakdown on air. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now we all have fucking shit tons of work to do. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, look, I tell you, why don't he just give us a two? Hey, look, forget gone it. Mental. Don't put that. Why don't I tell you, this is an easier way to do it. I'm not cutting this out, by the way. I'm not cutting no, anything no, out. No, 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 no. Um, what we'll do is we'll just have his and then we'll save it. But can I tell you what I'm giving you next time? Sure. Right. Because I think people will be excited by this. Uh-huh. I'm excited by this, Renfrew, because you're the post-rock man, aren't you? I'm the post-rock man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they call you on the streets in the hood. <laughs> he called me the post-rock man. <laughs> I'm the post-rock. I'm lengthy. Uh, I take time to get going, but yeah. once I'm there... You don't it's... really do anything. No! You know it feels like you... Shush your mouth! All right, go on. So what are you giving me in two weeks' time? Or well, you haven't decided? Uh, I will give you um, Divers by Joanna Newsom. Divers by Joanna Newsom. I think, right, there was a time when, when I gave you um, Copper Blue by Sugar, people... Uh, what a brilliant record. Oh, right? my God. I bought the deluxe edition the other day. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's amazing. It's so good. And people were like, oh, yes, yes. People were genuinely excited because it is a genuinely brilliant brilliant record it's I wonderful. think I think people are going to do that again when I tell you what I'm giving you this week because okay. I'm giving you one of the most confusing bizarre underrated cult um, brave uh, critically lauded albums ever in the realm of post rock I'm Sugar giving babes. you Talk Talk Spirit of Eden oh yes the classic Spirit of Eden by this Talk is Talk. Often um the first cited as the first post rock album. This is often cited as the first post rock album, yes. Mm. Yes. By many and people. Amazingly I've never listened to it. I can't believe it. But there you go. I've been on a mad talk talk binge recently. Okay. Um, so Alright, so we're doing that in two weeks' time, is that yeah, right? We'll do that in two weeks' time. Alright. Alright. So we'll come back to that. I just wanted to talk about talk talk. <laughs> you can talk you can talk talk about talk talk what? all you talk talk like. Oh, uh, good. Anyway, let's do some reviews. Um, so let's start off with the uh, with the big one. Um, in in many many ways, this is a big one. It is Dream Theater's "Distance Over Time." It's the fourteenth studio record from the nerds. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Uh, no, that's harsh. Uh, the, well, the the prog metal icons, yeah. um, and yeah. a very very influential band, a band who. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a fan of by any stretch of the imagination, really. But at the same time, I own two or three Dream Theater albums that I do actually really, really like. It's the Systematic Chaos. Yeah, I like that one, and I've been told that I shouldn't. Someone said, "Oh, I can't believe you like that one." And I was like, oh, well, "Well, I do." Always believe people when they say you're not allowed to like that thing. No, I, was just like, I can't believe you don't like of all the ones you to like. And it's like, well, that's the one that came out when I started. Um, I'm guessing Systematic Chaos, Metropolis, yeah, Scenes from yeah. Memory, yeah. yeah, and a bit of Images and Words, which is the debut, which has got the big song. It's got, it's got Pull Me Under. This pulling me. Yeah, it's got that on it. And um, and I actually, although I can't sit here and claim that i'm a massive fan of dream theater mm. what i am is someone who is incredibly impressed and like you cannot argue with the longevity of their career you cannot argue with the years. influence that they have had Absolutely. you cannot argue with the bravery you can't argue with the musicianship you can't argue with the bravery oh you mean the bravery of dream theater yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, i thought you'd go yeah. back to the bravery the bra- yeah, so, yeah you can't argue yeah, the bravery yeah. uh you can't argue with the you know the the, the, the these kind of wild flights of fancy that they send themselves on. Mm. I think that's cool. And I think any band should be applauded 
for doing that. I, Whether or not I personally enjoy their music or not, I think that they should be applauded for doing that. I 100% and I, agree. Then I do think Dream Theater should be applauded for their attitude towards making music at mm. the very, very least. I actually agree with everything you said there, including not being a massive fan. So that's definitely something that we should mm. throw out there to start yeah. with to say that, like, in a sense, we're not the best people to review it because there no. are... There are elements of dream theatre sound. I'm speaking for both of us at the moment, but interject if I say anything that you don't think. There are elements of dream theatre sound which I think um, are not to our tastes, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's That's a fair. sort of. Um, we were talking about Rotten Christ last week and the, the cheese factor of certain European bands. Yeah. Um, dream theatre are American, but they have that European cheese sense. It's James Lebray. It's James Lebray. James Lebray. Lebray. Yeah. <laughs> it's James Lebray. I think because it's Lebray's a cheese. Yeah, it is, and he's pretty cheesy. <laughs> and uh, I think his voice is maybe, maybe, possibly the main sticking point for me on Dream Theater. It it almost certainly is for me because almost every Dream Theater album starts relatively instrumentally there's yeah. usually a big instrumental thing mm. that goes on for a while and i'm like this is cool and then the comes in and i go Ugh. yeah so and it's horrible to point out one person but then neither of us are going oh he's a bad singer because mm. he clearly isn't although well, well he's not but uh it's just the quality of his voice that is uh often uh quite difficult difficult yeah um, uh, our cynical ears he's got a bit of um he's got two kind of it's sort of the higher register it's quite floaty it does very little for me that's all i'm going to say his voice does does very very little for me um what i will say though whilst we're on the the library i was kind of bracing myself for for him coming in um and on the first three tracks uh I would say Labrie didn't really bug me. And I, no. I, I would say that the first three tracks of this record, which is roughly the first 20 minutes of it, yeah. I actually really like. Um, I believe they are the three singles. Um, it's Untethered uh, Angel. Paralyzed and Fallen to the Light. That's right. Fallen to the Light's good, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, I thought, I thought you know, they, they were... They, they kept my attention enough. And they had enough in common with um, prog metal stuff that I like. Like... You know, Between the Buried and Me, for example. I was kind of thinking about this. Like, we both like Between the Buried and Me, but we, we're not particularly fans of Dream Theatre. I was like, what What are the big differences between the two? Well, I think it's the same thing with... I think you'd add Opeth into that as well. Yeah. Because I think basically what those bands did is they started out very, very heavy and very gruff, and they added melody as they went. Yeah. I feel like Dream Theatre... Well, no, because if you do listen to that early Dream Theatre stuff, and even on this... There's big riffs. It's the, like some um, fucking big riffs. What's the song at wit's end, which I think is probably mm -hmm. the best song on the album, even though it's the most like the thing which I'm about to say kind of annoys me most about the record. It's oh. the longest song. Oh, at wit's... Okay, yeah, sorry. Carry it's on. the longest yeah. song, but it's got this massive fucking guitar riff on it. Yeah. Like, it's got a really, really cool guitar... Like, and, you know, and peppered throughout this record, there are heavy guitar parts, which... I think you don't often 
associated with Dream Theater, but it's throughout the hev- their career, the heaviest, they have been there. It's the heaviest Dream Theater record for a little while, I would say. Mm. Um, probably since, I mean, I'm not an expert, but probably since Systematic Chaos, I think. Well, I remember like that being something that I was like, oh yeah, they're actually, you know, they're quite heavy. Um, and I didn't really expect them to be as heavy as they are. Uh, and that's when I sort of, I actually had a few years where I was like, yeah, yeah, I like Dream Theater. I do like them. Um, but then post-Systematic Chaos, I can't remember what the one was that came after that. Certainly the self-titled one did nothing for me, but they've released a few since then, and I've listened to all of them, and I'm just like, you're giving me nothing now. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple in the the middle of the the sort of early years of Dream Theatre where I'm just like, oh, I'm not so keen on that either. Which has made me go, oh God, which now makes me go, oh God, Dream Theatre, even though they've got mm. sort of three albums that I quite like. Well, I think I think this is... You know, this is a record that we are more um, likely to like, weird phrase, in the sense that it's a tighter, tauter dream theatre. It's uh, so the last album they released, The Astonishing, was uh, two hours and 10 minutes and double disc and very, very long. Sound work, that one. Yeah, I think even their fan base sort of went a little against them for that i think it was just too ambitious and too out there kind of Mm. thing i think that's the general perception because for this they have decided to go with a tighter tauter sort of sound whilst it's nine tracks 10 if you include the bonus track which is one of my favorite songs funnily enough um but it's actually the first if you don't include the bonus track it's actually the first dream theater album to come in under an hour since image and words which was right? 1992. Yeah. So, so this is this is Dream Theater. Um, it's like an EP. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is mental to think, but but it is it is kind of them on a leash uh, to to an extent. I, I, mean, I don't know. If that's I, I think it, true. it's it's often true of bands that when they do something in a record, when they do something very extreme on a record, they do make a point of doing the exact opposite, opposite on yeah, the next yeah, record. Yeah. So it might just be a stylistic decision that they've made that they were like, well, we were so it was so long last time that let's just mm. not do that this time. Which I, you know, and I don't hate this album. No, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think it is pretty unmemorable in terms of when I think of the stuff I liked about Dream Theatre. Um. I think, the thing I, I think to kind of just like, and this is, I don't have, I, due to the fact that nothing has really stuck with me that much on this record. Nothing really stuck with me enough for me to be able to kind of go, well, there's that and there's that. And I, I would like to where I would rank this in the dream theater discography. I have absolutely no mm. idea. I think it's all right. I think it's all right when it's on, but then I feel like because it's, it's not as fluid or lucid or cohesive as I remember dream theater being. Like oh, okay. when I liked them, there's so many bits where suddenly it'll go like in the middle and then it'll just stop. And you're, you're kind of like, so you just did a keyboard. So, and I know that they're widdly widdly and it's mm. all probably progtastic, but I always felt like, oh, I don't know. I always felt like it was a bit more cohesive. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this album is particularly cohesive, but I think there's, it's an album full of moments as mm-hmm. opposed to songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think, I think it's very 
um, for me personally, and obviously I am not the target market, I don't think, but for me personally, it's a very hit and miss record. Um, mm. When it hits, I do actually think it's relatively good. Like that Paralyzed song I mentioned earlier has, um, you know, don't hit me, but elements of Tool, you know, and in, well, yeah, in quite a good way, you know, it's it's good. Um, and I think those singles are pretty decent tracks overall. Um, there's a song called Pale Blue Dot, which is the last track proper mm. before the bonus track, which is like a... Um, uh, an ode to Carl Sagan, the astronomer. Yeah. Um, which has kind of a deconstruction era Devon Townsend madness to it, you know, which is cool. Like it's like the circus, uh, the freaks running the circus kind of feel. Um, it's interesting you mentioned At Wit's End as your favourite track. I think that middle period of the album is my least favourite because it's mm. where Labrie takes centre stage on not much else but a piano. And the cheese factor for me ratchets up. And um, I am not saying it is bad and some people will probably love it. But I just... Oh, it just doesn't. I, I, I. It, there's probably around eight or nine minutes of Labrie and a piano, and not much else on this record, which is the second half of At Wit's, uh, At Wit's End, and then mm. um, the song Out of Reach. Both Labrie com- compositions, I should say, as well. Yeah, I got a bit bored by that point. Oh, I just, I, it, it's too saccharine for me, and too, um, well, saccharine. I, I just. It's not my cup of tea at all, I think. But what's frustrating about this is I was kind of like, if Tommy Rogers, the lead singer of Between the Buried and Me, sat down and did this stuff, I would probably like it. So that that is a confession in a sense. Yeah. But but then you sometimes you just have to kind of admit that the way that someone performs things just, just grates with you. Mm. And unfortunately, with Labrie, that's that's the case for me. And mm. it sounds like it is for you as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm, I don't think anyone could ever turn around and go, Dream Theatre are a bad band, like Hand on Heart. That would be such a... Like that would that if we if either of us turn around and just like oh they're a bad band and this is a bad album I think that would be very poor criticism yeah um, because I mean they're in- incredible musicians oh ridiculous they're incredible musicians I just feel like there's too often uh, I was actually funnily enough um, I was reading an interview with um, I don't want to keep going about talk talk um, too much but I was reading an interview with um, oh my god what's his fucking name the geezer from Talk Talk, uh, and he was saying about um, space being your biggest weapon and how um, uh, and, and silence is, a, is an instrument in itself and how... Yes. Um, uh, what was the thing that he said that I thought was great? He was like, technique, while obviously playing it's important, is less important than intention. And that sort of ran around my head listening to this because it's a lot of technique and I don't know why it's there a lot of the time. So, well, their audience loves it, I yeah, think, is yeah, why it's, it's there. Right, they, yeah. they, they, you know, Dream Theater know their audience and they know that they're going to want a lot of that stuff. And when you go and see Dream Theater live, like there's just cheers after every guitar solo, keyboard solo, blah, blah, blah. And they're all, you know, fantastically well done. But it just doesn't particularly interest me as mm. far as them 
going off into those passages where they do do that solo stuff for a long time this is actually um quite reined in for dream theater but for any other band this would be considered quite um uh well wanky (laughs) um it it would be it would be considered very self-indulgent i think Mm. um but all credit where it's due that that's what dream theater fans want i think um i think they do it's difficult to, for me to put myself in the mind of a Dream Theater fan, if I'm totally honest. Although what bugs me about this is there are there's a lot of these there's a lot of prog bands that you would put in similar categories that I that I love. I like I say, between the buried and me, mm. I think Anathema have, especially when they go to the piano stuff. Mm. There's a lot of an Anathema, like modern Anathema kind of um, things in in what Dream Theater do now and Porcupine Tree, Porcupine Tree. So I can only kind of come back to the fact that it is just the combination of Labrie being a vocalist who grates on me personally and I don't feel that Porcupine Tree for example feel the need to show off every few minutes as to how good I think that's musicians the thing, they are I think that's the thing it feels um, yeah there's a kind of mm, geeky smugness about yeah. the way that um, dream theater operate which are uh, which grates on me a little bit which i don't find from Stephen wilson or yeah. opeth or and to give dream theater credit whoever. they embrace that because they know that that's what their fans want and that is what it is but we are i just don't think we're ever going to like that no well there you go anyway i'm sure if you're a dream theater fan you will like it because i'd be curious to know what dream yeah. theater fan because actually i have no idea i have um, no idea because you know, I, I when it the, certainly to me sounds better than the last couple of ones. Yeah, when I'll the astonishing came out, I was like, oh well, two hour concept album, double album, Dream Theater fans are going to lap that up, and they didn't seem to. So um, I would be curious to know. I mean, the reviews seem to be quite good, so I assume this is a fairly decent Dream Theater record. I don't yeah. think it's anything to shout about. Like, I don't think it's a Imogen Words or Metropolis or whatever. Yeah. I have also noticed that they appear the tour that's coming up. It's like 20 years since Metropolis, so they seem to be playing quite a lot of that stuff mm. as well. So I don't know how much this album is going to be represented live. Having mm. said that, they do play for about three hours live. Yeah, so yeah they do. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. It's called Distance Over Time. It's a new album from Dream Theater. It's out now. Now, this, I'm afraid, it's been out a couple of weeks, uh, the next record we're going to talk about, and I probably should have covered it before, but, you know, it's just been a busy old world, hasn't it? Um, but it's currently, I believe, as we record, sitting at number one in the album charts, mm. as we record. Or if it hasn't, it was sitting at number one in the album charts it is encore by the specials it's the eighth album by the coventry kings of scar one of the most influential bands in the history of british music full stop i think it's their first new material since 2001 um although that was actually a covers album that they released in 2001 and most importantly it is their first album with iconic vocalist terry hall since 1981 since the single Ghost Town in 1981. Uh, they always come back, don't they, Renfrey? Everyone <laughs> always reforms in the end. Now, um, the specials, Renfrey, what do you know about the specials and what do you think um, about the specials? So my my history with the specials is when I was at drama school, um, I lived with a very eccentric, brilliant man uh, who um, used to drive us in and we used to listen to the same rotation of tapes over and over again. 
uh, David Bowie. Uh, oh, there's a bunch of stuff. But one of those tapes was the specials. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard them at this point. I don't think I'd even heard Ghost Town, which is probably the song that people will know. Yeah. Um, I don't know which album it was. I'm guessing it was a best of because Ghost Town was on it. And Ghost Town wasn't on any of their albums, mm-hmm. I don't it's think. A single. So I'm guessing it was a best of. And at first... It didn't really resonate with me particularly. I'd never, I was still quite firmly in a, I listen to hard rock and metal and not much else kind of thing phase. But I think listening to it over and over and over again at fucking eight o'clock in the morning, (laughs) being sort of subjected to it, it really stuck with me after like a few of those uh, journeys. And Mm. I, I, I I fully love the specials. Like I really admire them, yeah. what they did at the time, the way that they, um, I think the way that they mixed political with their stuff with their music. I mean, Ghost Town is effectively about how all the cities in the UK now look the same because of Thatcherism and stuff like this, because mm. of commerce and even more relevant today. Well, the, well, this is the thing. It's a it's a very interesting time for the specials to come back and um coming back you know we've said quite a lot that coming back with a record after lots and lots of time away yeah is not often a very smart move no um but this is a contemporary record thematically Mm -hmm. with what i would say is a very old school retro 70s sound which is not going to and i don't mean that as a criticism uh which i don't think is going to upset any fans of the specials i i think that well it's been out for a couple of weeks so i think the um i think the reaction to it has been very 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 positive yeah yeah Mm. Um, and I think they've captured that old school, like the first tracks, actually a cover of the first track. It's Eddie Grant song, isn't it? Eddie Grant song, yeah. Um, oh, fuck, what was it called? Black Skin Blue Black Eyed Skin, Boys. Black Skin Blue Eyed Boys. Features this amazing 70s funk disco Motown yeah. <laughs> vibe. And it manages to conjure all of those things so well and so evocatively. And just, I think, I think at first, when I, when I first heard this album, I was like, opening it with a cover, is that really a good idea? Um, but I think the reason they did that is because this, it's basically a song about uh, uh, sort of future Britain where yeah. everyone's um, black and has blue eyes, right? Mm. This is the impression that I got. Um, and it's sort of a dystopian future thing. It's, it's like reversing the kind of, um, you know, Aryan uh, uh, image of the perfect body kind of thing. And um, I think it's quite pertinent to put it, this song from the 70s, I believe, as the first track on the album, because it's almost saying well, nothing's changed. Mm. In 50 odd years, mm. nothing's changed. And I think that's like, a uh, far bigger political statement than, you know, anything that a lot of bands that we talk about on this, like like a King 810 could talk about or anything yeah. like that. It's far cleverer. From the record, yeah, yeah. sure. 
Yeah. Not not Jason, no, no. but mm. from the records. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I agree. Um, do you know what? I, I mean, every like I think we've said it a bunch of times. Every time I plug a plug in, every time I, I stick a new album on, I want to like it. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time I want to like it. But I'm not sure there's been many times that I have wanted to stick on. I've, I've stuck an album on and I've wanted to like it as much as I want to like this. And I'll tell you why, because Scar in 2019 has got a very, very dirty name. Oh, yeah. And that is due to uh, not Scar, not the original wave of Scar. It's not the beat or madness or the specials that the problem with Scar. It's our American Hawaiian shirt wearing chums Mm. uh, who have basically fucked the idea of Scar for... Um, a whole generation of, of people who were probably like 13 when, you know, Real Big Fish and all that was a massive vomit-inducing load of old shit that people and they think that's Scar. Um, and now have grown up and I see it all the time. I see it all the time on social media like, ha-ha, Scar, I ain't Scar shit. Scar's not shit, mate. Scar punk shit. Scar punk's fucking shit, yeah. You know, all those crap American bands are shit. You but don't it, like beer? <laughs> By Real Big Fish. Of course I don't like beer by Real Big Fish. Cracking song. It's a pile of wank. It's a pile <laughs> of fucking stupid wank. It's 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 take away the trumpets and it's Elstorm. Oof. I hate Hurt those me. bands. I think okay. they're shit. Okay. Um the only one of that period I like didn't even get big and I would argue they're not a fully scar band. I like Voodoo Glow Skulls, they're like a hardcore band with trumpets, so don't even can really count them as a scar band, a scar punk band. Um I like Capdown as well, but I don't think that they are similar to these. But I think that Capdown have more in common with the specials than they do with, you know, Less and Jake or yeah. these fucking stupid bands. Um But having said that, so yeah, so I really, really wanted to like it. I really, really, really wanted so, so much to like this record. And when the first track came on and it had all those things that you were talking about that sounded like this contemporary, it sounded like a a brilliantly produced contemporary version of a classic sound. And I was like, this is fucking great. And then the second song with um, Neville Staples talking about, which is kind of, it's called um, BLM. um, So Black Lives Matter, isn't it? And uh, it's him talking about his childhood growing up in Britain and it's sort of going, I don't want to preach to you. I don't want to teach you. I'm just trying to make you see like, like this is my experience. And it's like got a really cool kind of jaunty musical backdrop. He's really, he just sounds wicked. He sounds like a cool, he's got a cool voice. And I was like, this is great. Um, and then it fell off a cliff. Oh really? Yeah. After that, uh, I don't really like this record. Oh. And I'm pretty annoyed that I don't like it because I think it starts really well. I think there's lots of um, lots of stuff on it which... Uh, old Scar has a kind of ana- a warm analogue sound that, that really brings out the... Like, there, there's a kind of there's a kind of sound that that kind of classic scar has that's yeah. sort of f- almost fuzzy. And I don't think this has this. I think it's too crisp. I think it's too clean. I think it's too clear. Um, for the most I part. I recreated that very well. Yeah, I, I think say. it sounds too clean to me. Um, I think there's a cover of the lunatics are taken over the asylum, which was originally by uh, Neville and Terry, Terry Hall's, Hall's follow up band, Funboy three. Yeah. Um, that song 
fact fans who were interested in my life. Um, my dad made me a tape when I was three and he used to play it in the car on the way down to Portsmouth and it had, I think I've said about it before, it's got loads, I'd loads of songs. It had that song and it had The Lunatics Taking Over the Asylum by Funboy 3. It was all my favourite songs that he used to play and I really loved that song. When I saw there was a cover of it, I was like, oh my God, great. And um, it's a really bad cover of that song. Do you song. think so? Yeah. Mm. And, Wikipedia, uh, sort it out, turn um, this down. I, it's nowhere near, nowhere near as good. Um, and and Terry Terry Hall is a complicated man, to say the least, uh, and has been through some fucking uh, terrible shit in his Appalling life. Appalling. Like shit, if yeah. you know anything about his life, which I don't really want to get into here, no. but he has been through some absolute. And he's a he's a man who suffers with um, you know bipolar, manic depression, yeah. and you know, and it's this, amazing he's come out as. Oh god, I don't want this to sound disparaging. It's amazing he's come out as as level headed as he has, considering the stuff yeah, that he's been through. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I get that from this record, and you you know, but this record is it's depressing by the end. Like it's actually, I think the last song's beautifully uplifting. The last we song sell hope, we sell hope is, but when you go the few before that. From Ten Commandments, Embarrassed by You, The Life and, and Times of, of a Man Called Depression. I actually found myself going, I feel like I'm on a bit of a downer. But isn't it a re- isn't it a reflection? I mean, I don't I don't know if the specials were ever uplifting. Upbeat. No, 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 upbeat, no, 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 but they no, they weren't. No, like Ghost Town is not a happy song. No. Uh, Too Much Too Young is not a happy song. But it's got a kind of mm, I think if you take if you take away the kind of the the kind of grit and the the sort of the loose, you know, the kind of the punk feel. This doesn't feel, I know it's not a punk rock record, but it doesn't feel very punk and it doesn't feel very um, vital. Not vital, harsh, because it's obviously, a, it's a proper... thematically it's very vital. Yeah, but I'm not talking about thematically, I'm talking about musically. musically. Okay. Musically, I mean, I do... There's nothing new on here musically. So it's not even. It's not new. I mean, in in fact, it sounds too new to me. Really? It sounds too. It sounds too much like Lily Allen rather than. Do you know what I mean? It sounds Ooh. like that. <laughs> it sounds like Kate Nash in the background or the Lightning Seeds. It's 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 a it's a it's a pretty. It's it's too polished and pretty and not even pretty, but it's just too polished and too clean and too. Nice. I, I I thought they captured the the specials sound remarkably well. Better better than I expected them to, I think. And I think there are a lot of modern production techniques that they could have used and could have applied to fuck it up far further yeah, I mean, in, than they did. They're not like vocal there's no vocoder no, vocals <laughs> or can you imagine? Mm. Um but um I mean, for me, I, I, I was I was expecting you to really like this album. Actually, I have to say, I think it is. I think it has great moments, and I think it has moments which I'm not particularly bothered by. Um, I'm kind of surprised. My favourite track on the album, by quite a long, long way, is Ten Commandments. I'm kind of surprised you haven't picked that out. Really, um, is that with Salif Khan? Yeah. No, I think it's so, awful, that. Really? Yeah, I think it's t- embarrassing. So a bit of background. So um, Sophia Khan is a 21-year-old activist whose image went viral when she was photographed um, standing off against a leader of the anti-Islamic English Defence League at a 2017 rally. Uh-huh. And 
getting her in to sort of it's it's kind of ten commandments it's a di- a diatribe against toxic masculinity basically yeah. against catcalling against against men treating women like shit basically. all very worthy mate and all yeah. very cool thing to do but it sounds shit do you think so yeah i thought it was really fucking cool like i th- it, it it reminded like it was um it reminded me of something that Kate Tempest would do or something like that, you know? Like, I I think it works really well. And getting that person in to do it as well, I think is just a really cool statement. And it also takes, it takes a an old song called um, Ten Commandments uh, by, fuck, who's it by? Uh, Prince something or other. It, t- it takes this old song, which is basically... Uh, the complete opposite the message is the complete opposite it's like women you shall bow at my feet and you shall stay in the kitchen blah 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 yeah um so i just think that what they're doing with it and subverting it and things like that is very clever i mean i suppose there's an argument to say that if you have to do all that research into it to discover that that's what they're doing is that really um well i knew it was applicable. her i knew it was the um salifa khan i knew it was um and i was like oh I just if it doesn't sound I just don't think it sounds very good really it's not the me- I don't you know I'm all for the message is like if that's what you guys believe in and you wanted to say that I think that's really you know like we spoke about last week that's cool um, but I <laughs> ultimately we're a music podcast and I think we review songs not intention sure not, sure not, not the intention no, no, no. behind the song yeah absolutely it's not a good song absolutely fair enough I, I, I really like it I like the I like what she has come up with and I like um, the the verses and like, I, I think it's really funny. Um, well, like, there's a bit about um, when you wolf whistle me, I wolf um, and I tell you, you look sexy back with, in your britches or your suit or your, you're confused, you're confused. Yeah, that, thou that may cat good. call me on the street, but thou should not take, but thou should take note that I'll cat call you right back to tell you that you look pretty sexy too in your joggers or your suit or your newfound look of confusion. Yeah, that's, that's the best brilliant. line in it by far, yeah. That's fantastic. Mm. I should not be the icing on your cake and I should not be the candy on your arm, but I shall be seen and I will be heard. And then, you know, the band during and I will be heard, the band just cut out so that she can be heard. Just simple shit like this. I just think it's... I don't know, I, I, really, li- I really liked that track. I thought it was cool. Mm. Um... I think uh, I quite like Breaking Point because it's got this stumbling shuffle to it. it Breaking Point's the one, yeah, yeah. Breaking Point's the one in it that I thought was from the sort of second half of it because I really, really like the first two songs, and then I don't think anything comes close to being as good mm. as the first two songs. But I do like Breaking Point, and I think We Sell Hope is an, an all right way to end the album as well. I, I really like We Sell Hope. Um, there's another cover on it that we've not featured that we've not covered called Blam Blam Fever, which does mm. absolutely fuck all for me mm. about gun control and stuff. I don't know if it's just King Eight One King Eight One O just scarring me for life whenever musicians talk about guns now. But um, well, they're pro guns, aren't they? Surely. I don't oh, know. It's confusing. Um, they've got them, haven't they? The specials haven't got guns with King Eight Ten. They've got like surrounded by. Guns. I don't think they're so pro. I don't think they're pro what guns do, but they certainly like to have them. So, uh, or maybe they're just you maybe they're just that they are that's what they they have them they just have them maybe um yeah I, I i i don't adore this record 
Um, but I think it's done a good job. I, I think the general perception certainly is it's done a good job of not pissing off the majority of the specials fans. You might, it sounds to me. It doesn't piss me off. I just think it's one of them albums that has come out from an old band that's not as good as their other, their old stuff. I certainly don't think it's as good as their old stuff. And and there are a few reviews which are like, they have matched their old material. I'm like, oh, there ain't a ghost to town on here, you know. Um, I like the fact that it's a modern pertinent album. And, and yeah. I like the fact that they are doing exactly what they did in the 70s. Mm. Um, and they haven't changed that at all about it. I, I think they've gone about, if you're going to return fucking 38 years later or whatever, I think it's, 38 years since Terry Hall's done anything. Yeah, if you're going to return well. that, you know, I think they've gone about doing it in the right way. Yeah, it's all thematically very good and it's all, you know, it sounds kind of like the specials, but it also sounds a bit, uh, yeah, older. And I don't know, there's a difference between, I would say, bands sounding weathered and bands sounding sort of a bit past it. And I don't know, I just didn't get the same sort of energy that I wanted from it. And it's a different type of... Anyway. Fair but enough. it's out now and it's number one. I mean, it's, it was been number one. It's a big return to form. And the specials are undoubtedly one of the most important and influential bands that this country's yeah, ever yeah, produced. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Uh, anyway, it's called Encore. Mm. You probably listen to it if you have any interest in that I band. think one last thing I'd say on it, like Idols is kind of the modern equivalent of this, isn't it? Now, is it, in terms of... Um, Guitar music with a political edge. I know there's more to it than just politics, yeah. but yeah, and and I would definitely take the Idols record over this. Oh fuck day, me, God gotcha. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, obviously. Hmm. Uh, last record we're going to talk about is by Miners. It's called Abject Bodies. It is another album from the Holy Raw staple roster, if you like. Um, the second album from the Canadian Brutes. Uh, I didn't know much about this. I called band. them misery merchants. I didn't know much about <laughs> this. This this band actually went for. I don't know anything about them really. I know you brought this in. Uh, Have I you... thought it was on Holy Raw, so I just assumed it was going to be good. Yeah, uh, and I was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it I, is. I will say this right now. There's nothing particularly original about this. Album. No, no. But if you are going to rip someone off, rip off Converge really well. Really yeah, well. If you're yeah, going to rip yeah. someone off, well. Rip off Jane Doe. Yeah, yeah. And that's basically, that's it, isn't it? That's the review. I think, <laughs> right, thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week. Um, no, I wanted to bring, I think, um, uh, so you've not heard the first album, A Trophy. I haven't, no, I haven't. I think it's a big step up from A Trophy, mm. um, which came out, God, only like a year ago. Yeah. There's not much um, space. Overlap. Yeah, there's much, not much overlap, but it's kind of like a, it's almost a kill them all to ride the lightning jump. I mean, it's probably not quite that much, but it's it's a big jump, yeah. basically, in quality, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the... I mean, this is not a nice stick to beat them with. The thing is, they're on Holy Raw at the moment, who are fucking killing it in terms yeah. of like the amazing records that are being released. Um, this one is very, very good. Uh, it might get lost in the big, like by the end of the year, yeah. like the pantheon of when you, we look back at Holy Raw releases, it might be like the one of the last ones to be mentioned, which sounds like I'm, um, you know, damning with faint praise. But mm. if anything, it's more... It just goes to show how great... Um, it's down to Holy Raw's Raw. quality. Like right now, it's just unbelievable, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know this is this is a solid, really good record. I think the second half is more interesting than the first half. The first half they basically just try to 
totally annihilate your ears and mm-hmm. it's very fast and punky and yeah and then the second it goes from Jane Doe to No Heroes throughout the yeah. course of the record yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fucking yeah it's really good it's I, great I like it yeah it's really really good I think um, the second half has a sort of even more of a neurosis-y kind of feel yeah it's really kind of uh, sludgy long elongated discordant passages of noise yeah which is always a good thing <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you uh, that's how you seduce the ladies, isn't it? With those long squalling passages. Of noise. passages. <laughs> oh dear. Um sexy this show, isn't it? <laughs> it's got well sexy in the last few weeks. It's interesting you say it's Converge S because it's released on Death Wish as well. Yeah, great. Um no, I just think it's a really good album. You've not got any more to say. I, I, I mean, really like it. I, I think it's really. I think at this point, people will know exactly what to expect, and I think you probably won't be surprised, and you probably won't be disappointed in the nicest no. possible way. I mean, I don't think it's doing anything revolutionary with that sound, but that's all right because, as discussed many times before, this is kind of the opposite to Dream Theater in a lot of ways. Whereas Dream Theater. Whatever they do, uh, they're going to be dream theatre. So it's yeah. going to be very difficult for me to fully get on board with it. Mm. Um, and they could release the best dream theatre album of their entire career. And I'd still probably go, yeah, man, you've done really, really well there. But I'm just not that into dream theatre. Whereas a band like um, Miners, uh, even the average stuff sounds fucking lovely to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. They haven't done anything particularly original. It's not anything that I've never heard before. But the second those massive bass like boos come in the second the like drums are clattering Ben Collar style all over the place and when it's just someone's like you can feel the spittle kind of daubing your cheek as you listen to it I'm in you're in I'm just in I think it had an interesting there's seven tracks and it is a second shy of 30 minutes Mm. Um, the last two tracks are the same length as the first five basically so I like that interesting dynamic that's what I mean about the yeah 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 um you know and yes yeah it's been done before it's just, i think it's just done very very well it's and, done and, really well and you know the first miners album was kind of like interesting but they they only attacked i feel like on the first record whereas this one they kind of attack you at first and then towards the end just really massively unsettle you um there's more strings to their bow and i they, they could be one to watch potentially yeah. i think this is a very very good album yeah, i really, really like good. it yeah. it's really really good and you know brevity again 29 yeah, minutes 29 and especially minutes. if you do take those last two songs off not that you should but no, if you do songs, like you can just you can listen to those five that just go like ah mm-hmm. in your face and have a lovely time anyway holy raw have done it have done it they've done it again the guys God. um so that's abject bodies by miners and that is it from us yeah we'll be back next week remfrey with uh, our mate and yours brady from conjure will be coming on Brady Dipiros. Brady, Brady, my very own Brady. And he's going to be coming on. And we will be talking about all, all manner of things. The Brit Awards. It's probably we'll... the state of your testicles if Brady's on. <sighs> probably, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about the Brit Awards, no doubt. You're going to see Vane tomorrow while I'm at the Brits. Uh, no, I'm going to Belfast. Oh, you are going to Belfast, um, yeah. But I'm going to see Vane on Friday in Brighton. I might do that you should well. do that. Come down I'm with me. I'm actually going to see um, Oms and Voices and Earn and ah. a load of other people uh, playing in that 
whatever that thing's called, on Friday and Saturday. So nice. Oh, Down Surge. Down Surge. Oh, I so. really want to go to Down Surge. So I'm going to go to that, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go to the Brits as well. And next week... Oh, I'm going to see be... the Wonder Years. Fuck, I'm going to oh, see the Wonder Years, just to make it a little bit different. Oh, yep. sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, and next week, oh, it's going to be mad. Not only Brady going to be here, we're going to be talking about all the gigs. We've also got reviews coming from Weezer again. Maybe. Maybe. If they can. Hey, mate, send them send our review of the last one and I'm sure they'll give us a promo <laughs> yeah. copy of it. Well, I purposefully asked for the album a couple of days before that podcast went out and yeah. I think they've heard it now. So I'm not sure if we'll get it or not. But yeah. Well, they can make it up to us by, send, by making it. It might be good. I, I like Weezer. I really like the Teal album. Album of the year for me. Twang. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyway, Weezer, maybe, probably not then. Uh, While She Sleeps, Gang of Four, and In Flames have all got albums coming out. And Mark Morton uh, has got yeah. albums coming out next week. They've we're definitely doing we'll do we're definitely, we're doing all of them. I, I don't think yeah, we've got Gang of Four yet, but yeah. We've definitely yeah. got While She Sleeps, Mark Morton, and... In Flames. Thank you. Yeah, so... Mm. Although we might not have the next In Flames album if it's <laughs> Weezer-esque, eh? <laughs> anyway, a little spoiler. Go to musicism.com. No, 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 not at all. Um, go to musicism.net and you can get all your bloody stuff, can't you? Uh, Including merchandise. Oh, yeah. We should just remind people, we did a terrible job of the merchandise stuff last week. That was mainly my fault for not giving you the information. I do apologise, Steve. But if you go onto the website, there is now a... Uh, 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 subheading that'll do uh, a, a, on the menu it says yeah. merch and you click yeah. on merch and then you get to the so merch you said you did a terrible job last week and here we are again we called it riot gear yeah nice after good. the suggestion someone suggested it I apologise I've forgotten your name but someone suggested I can't believe this stuff isn't called riot gear and I was like oh my god why it's the great. fuck haven't we called it riot yeah, gear great. Great. so it's called riot gear there's loads of cool stuff on there um, uh, buy some stuff please yeah, go uh, Riotact.net, uh, isn't it? Yes, it Riot is. Podcast. Riotact Podcast. Dot com. Dot com. Whatever. <laughs> Google it, you fucking lazy cunt. Anyway, see you next week.